Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. So uh, if you've looked in your bulletin, we have two scripture readings this morning. I, I like that. It's something a little bit different. Uh, I appreciate a little bit of change now and then. Um, the first one is Isaiah 41.10, and I'll give you a moment to find that. Isaiah 41.10, before I read it. Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then the next one is Psalm 56.11. If you'd turn there, please. Psalm 56.11. It reads, And in God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? To begin with, let me ask all of you, how many of you prior to this morning have heard the term FOMO? Okay, all righty. Uh, what I'd like to do first is just take a look at some different definitions of FOMO. Officially, it's fear of missing out. It's a phobia defined as anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere. You know, when we're watching the news, especially on the big cable channels, how many times do we see breaking news? And the same thing that is breaking news right now will probably be breaking news two or three hours from now on those channels. Also, it's a perception that there are happenings that others are participating in what we are missing out on. A perception that somewhere in the world there are life-changing events that if we do not keep up with them, we will be missing out. An emotional response to the belief that other people are leading better or more satisfying lives. A pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences from which we are absent. A worried feeling that we may be missing exciting events that other people are going to, especially caused by things we see on social media. The fear of missing out on experiences, opportunities, or joy. The fear that not participating is the wrong choice. So there are different ways of defining FOMO. The history of it officially started back in 1996 by a marketing strategist, Dr. Dan Herman, but it has likely been around for centuries. In 2004, Patrick McGinnis, a Harvard MBA student, popularized the term FOMO. Oh, good, look at that. 
Even some older children are raising their hands. Good. Uh, when he published an article in the Harvard Business School student newspaper titled Social Theory at Harvard Business School, McGinnis's Two FOs. Originally, he had called the term FOBO, fear of a better option. He and his friends had noticed that their peers had a hard time committing to plans and they attributed it to the increased awareness of mortality and the need to live life to the fullest that was commonly felt in the years after 9-11. However, he and his friends came to realize that the negativity wasn't as much around the fear of settling for something that might not be the best as it was of missing out on an unknown experience. The truth is that FOMO is neither unique nor modern, as we shall see. It predates the acronym, which was coined in 2004. It predates Wi-Fi and our always connected phones. And it predates our fast typing opposable thumbs. FOMO is an ancient phobia with a backstory that reaches back in the human experience of yore. Since 2004, research has been inspired by and continuously performed on the topic. FOMO was a leading candidate for the American Dialect Society's Word of the Year in 2011. In fact, it was added to many dictionaries throughout the 2010s including the Oxford English Dictionary in 2013. Actually, there's evidence of FOMO in Bible times. A good example occurs in the story of Adam and Eve. We know the biblical story, um, and it illustrates FOMO nicely. As you listen to me read this story in Genesis 3, 1 through 6, watch how Satan created FOMO in Eve. Now the serpent was craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Do you see what Satan did here? He planted the seed of longing in Eve, a seed of discontent 
that made her certain she was missing out. She felt she was missing out on how wise she could be. She wondered why God would not want wisdom for her and Adam. The enemy robbed Eve of the joy of her present circumstances and convinced her to trade that in for a chance at what she was missing. And if that weren't bad enough, Eve had to bring Adam into her FOMO state of mind. He had no idea he was missing out on anything until Eve made him aware of his own FOMO. And of course, we know that he caved in to the call of his own FOMO. Well, missing out is something we all share. It's a shared experience. We've all fallen victim to it. Missing the boat, missing the bus, missing a spouse, missing a promotion, missing a stock tip, missing a date with friends. We have all experienced these or similar things and thus have experienced missing out. That's why FOMO is a universal experience in the human condition. And our phones don't make the situation any easier. Social media is a constant refresh of our own comparisons with others and a constant recharge of our fears of missing out. I suspect that many of our worst phone habits are born from FOMO-phobia. FOMO and social media go hand in hand, even down to the new Oxford English Dictionary entry, which officially states, FOMO, noun, colloquial, fear of missing out, anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts on a social media website. We want to know. We want to see. We want to tweet. We don't want to be left out of a cool conversation. We want to be in the know. We want to hear the beeps and pings, and we want to refresh our feeds to make sure we aren't missing anything. Interestingly, there are some related terms that have spun off from FOMO. And those are FOBO, fear of better options, referring to fearing that you are missing out on potentially better alternatives. MOMO, mystery of missing out, which refers to fearing that you are missing out but not having any clues about what you're missing out on. Romo, reality of missing out, referring to knowing that you aren't missing out on anything. Foji, fear of joining in, the fear of sharing things on social media, but not garnering any response. And Jomo, joy of missing out.
This is the opposite of FOMO and refers to positive feelings about missing out or disconnecting from social media. What's behind this, to a large degree, is something called the thing. It's strange, really. It's there and not there at the same time. What I'm talking about is the thing that you don't have that you think you need in order to be happy. And you know when the thing is there because you begin to feel a low-grade panic that you don't have it. The thing makes you afraid that by not having it, you're missing out. Even though the thing has power over us, we need to be clear that the thing is not actually a real thing. It's a fantasy. It attaches our deep need for happiness to the belief that a person or possession or achievement or status or experience will produce it rather than God or his promises. The Bible refers to the thing, covetousness, in Exodus 20:17. The sin of coveting is a faithless desire to possess something that doesn't belong to us, fueled by an idolatrous belief that it will satisfy us. The thing, then, is deceptive. Its deception promises us life in some kind of possession, which has no life to give. So, FOMO is frequently an indicator that the thing is present. It is insidious because it is elusive. It takes different forms. Today, it might be coveting someone's income. Tomorrow, it might be coveting someone's achievement. The next day, it might be coveting someone's harmonious family. This is why we often experience Facebook and Pinterest as purveyors of missing out. They point out all the things that we don't have. They remind us of what we are not. They show us where we have not been. Not only that, but our consumer economy is engineered to discover and capitalize on our fears of missing out. We are told hundreds of times daily that life consists in possessing some material status or experiential thing that we currently don't have. But the root problem isn't in social media or in marketing. James 4 verses 1 and 2 say, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war 
yet you do not have because you do not ask. This passage tells us that FOMO comes from inside us. That's why Jesus tells us to be on guard against our own covetousness. I'm next going to share some passages uh, with you from a book called Gen Z at Work, How the Next Generation is Transforming the Workplace. And it's written by a father and son team, David and Jonah Stillman. In the preface to that book, they state that Generation Z is composed of individuals born from 1995 through 2012, and there are over 72 million of them. The passages I'm going to share are only those passages written by the son who was 17 years old at the time. Here's the first. Hi, my name is Jonas Stillman, and I am 17 years old. If there are any Gen Z readers, no doubt you've moved on. Our eight-second attention span likely has you skipping the intro and just diving into the first chapter. But for the older generations of readers, I am a classic Gen Zer. I love Snapchat and Twitter and think email is for my parents' generation. Most of my entertainment is consumed on a cell phone or laptop, and a video is long and if a video is longer than 30 seconds, there's a good chance I'm hitting delete. I came out of the womb ready to go, as my hobbies pretty much include anything that involves action. My biggest passion has been alpine snowboarding. Since the age of six, I have competed at the national level, even bringing home the bronze one year. Another passage. As we will talk about more, probably the biggest result of growing up in a high-tech world is that we don't see a line between the physical and digital anymore. They are one and the same. In fact, for every physical element, Gen Z has always seen a digital equivalent. This has changed the landscape for everything from how we shop to how we are educated. Most of all, it has changed our scope of personal and now professional relationships. We don't see a difference between virtual friends and the ones we know in person. Wherever they are and however we meet them, to us, friends are friends. My generation just doesn't know a world in which one isn't connected at all times or doesn't have constant access to any information. Being connected to information and our peers is like breathing air to us. If we don't feel connected, we feel as though something is wrong. Sparks and Honey report that Gen Zers spend 41% of their time outside of school with computers of one kind or another, compared to 22%
just 10 years ago. As mentioned in the Fidgetal chapter, there was a chapter in this book uh, on, called the Fidgetal chapter, where millennials could be described as digital pioneers, Gen Zers are digital natives. He goes on, we can't sign off because everyone is always signed on. I can be a part of a group text and put down my phone to go work out. When I come back 30 minutes later, I have missed out on a whole conversation, not to mention all the other ones that I am involved in, or at least following. Something that was big news when you woke up is already miles of scrolling down your feed. And by lunchtime, isn't just ancient, but lost. The problem is that you always feel like you have to check. You don't want to be the one who missed out on what everyone else is talking about. Our fear of missing out has has us constantly checking in. Our national study found that 44% of Gen Z checks in on social media at least hourly, with 7% checking in more than every 15 minutes. Interestingly, one in five Gen Zers spend more time refreshing their Twitter feed than even reading it. From a source that supports what Jonas Stillman says, states, in fact, when teens and young adults live their lives through virtual filters, they are more prone to experience FOMO. And with at least 24% of teens online almost constantly, it should not be surprising that FOMO is reaching epidemic proportions. Back to Jonah's comments. He says, I just looked at my feed and can see that my friend Tucker just landed in Mexico. Zach is at the hockey game. Will is at a bonfire with six other friends of mine who also posted pictures. Anna and Bella scored tickets to Justin Bieber Joey signed up for the ACT test. Reese is playing golf. Miles and Ben are on the lake. Courtney got into college. Thomas is at the gym. Sadie and Ellie are at the dog park. Zoe passed her driver's test. Jacob is going to the Vikings game. Scotty got a new car. Ryan is happy about Burger King's new chicken nuggets. Morgan is with Ryan at Burger King. Tucker made it through customs in Mexico. At least that's what was hap- that's what's happening the last three to five minutes. Other than going to the Bieber concert and taking the ACT test, it all sounds great to me. How could I not feel like I'm missing out? He goes on. Part of understanding the effects of FOMO is realizing that we will always be up 
to trying anything. Our fear of not getting to do what we see so many others around us do far outweighs trying something and then failing at it. Now, those were comments of a 17-year-old. Okay. Let's look at some possible causes of FOMO. A desire for social connection. A desire to belong to something greater than ourselves. A need for interpersonal relationships. Social media, smartphones, corporate marketing strategies. I'll talk about that one in a minute. Fear of missing out on a good deal. Lack of gratitude for what we have. Excessive use of gadgets. Comparing ourselves to others. Now, although I'm not by any means a media type person, you remember last time I, when I was here, unfortunately, I had my phone with me and didn't have it on silent and it went off. And you'll remember it's not a smartphone or an iPhone, it's a basic flip phone by my choice or a dumb phone, okay? But, so I don't fall victim too much to the technology-related FOMO issues. But FOMO marketing strategies, okay. And I'll illustrate in a minute here. FOMO marketing has emerged as a way to entice consumers to buy certain products or attend events. FOMO marketing triggers the customer's fear of missing out in order to inspire them to take action. So some of those FOMO marketing strategies are showing other people buying the particular product. I mean, after all, if your neighbors, your friends, your relatives are using a product and marketers show you that, they think you're more apt to use the product, okay? Displaying a clock, counting down until the promotion expires. Call within the next 30 minutes to take advantage. Well, what's the latest one I've seen late at night on television? And now we can't um, guarantee that there will be enough of these items left to order. So you may want to order two or more before supplies run out. You wouldn't want to miss that particular product, you see. Creating competition by revealing how many other people are looking at the deal. Promoting experiences by showing real proof of other people enjoying the event or product. Promoting experiences that set people apart. I'm going to give two examples that go back to the 1960s. When I was probably 7th or 8th grade, somewhere in there, McDonald's had a jingle for one of their very popular sandwiches. 
that's still around today, and that's the Big Mac. And to be able to say that jingle was the cool thing for a young teenager to be able to do to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. They drew me in by that catchy jingle, by being able to repeat that jingle. Then there was a Disney movie from 1964 called Mary Poppins that introduced the world to a 34-letter word that had 14 syllables called supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, docious aliexpialidocious, backwards. Now again, for a young teenager to be able to pronounce that word and say it backwards was a cool thing to do. And when I heard that word, I had no knowledge of the movie even being around. I had to see that movie. Okay? So marketing strategies work. More recently, another marketing strategy has worked with me. And Tony knows where I'm going with this now, I think. Promoting experiences by the offer of discounts or savings on goods or services. Let me illustrate by two that came my way back in November, right before the Black Friday Cyber Monday period by two hotels, one each in two of my favorite cities to visit in Michigan, and those are Frankenmuth and Mackinac Island. All right, so Murray Hotel, very colorful email they sent me. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, online sale. 20% off. Use code Black Friday. Offer valid November 25, 2022 through November 28, 2022. Excludes special event weekends and yacht races. Offer valid at new reservations only. Tony, tell them where where I'm going after I leave here today. I'm going north. Um, Any ideas as to how far north? Okay. Frankenmuth, Bavarian Inn Lodge. Similar thing. Few more restrictions on theirs. Again, very nice, eye-catching, yellow on black. I remember back in my teacher education prep days, had to take this course on media. And the instructor said, the easiest to read is black on yellow. It definitely catches the eye, okay? It says, Black Friday deals. Exclusive Perks Club. Yes, I'm a member of their Perks Club. So already I'm in an exclusive category. They've reeled me in. They've made me feel special. 
Exclusive Perks Club, 30% off. Black Friday deal. Book early and save. Book a stay at a 30% discount on select Sunday through Thursday nights in the months of January through April 2023. Blackout dates apply. Limited availability. Must be an active perks member at the time of booking. Must book by November 30th to take advantage of this offer. What do you think? Did I take advantage of the offer? Yes, I did. I fell victim to FOMO. So what are some symptoms of FOMO? Social media becomes more important than real life. Always wanting to know the latest news. Spending a lot of time playing with gadgets. Feeling mentally exhausted from social media. Thirsty for the latest gossip and information about other people's lives. Experiencing negative feelings when comparing one's life to what others seem to be doing on social media. We don't mind saying yes if asked to follow something that is currently popular. Willing to spend money to follow the latest trends. Withdrawing from others. Having trouble sleeping. Difficulty concentrating. Feeling physically tired. Feeling sad, anxious, or depressed. Overscheduling. Trying to be everywhere at all times. There are some consequences of FOMO, some of which are it leads to a compulsive desire to stay connected with other people's lives. It creates an addiction to social media, leads to extreme dissatisfaction, mood swings, loneliness, detrimental effect on our physical and mental health, feelings of inferiority, reduced self-esteem, distracted learning, extreme social anxiety, increased levels of negativity and fatigue, distracted driving, stress, can cause negative financial situations to arise, increased levels of depression, increased use of antidepressants, can make it more likely for people to use social media excessively can make it difficult for people to communicate in real life because they are too focused on the virtual world. How many of you, just out of curiosity, subscribe to Adventist Review? Anyone? Okay. You might remember this cover from the April issue of this year, 
going digital. It's happening at a church near you. There's an article in there called More Social, Less Social. Let me quote one paragraph from that article. Maintaining a sense of fellowship is even more important in the digital age, during which people are increasingly connected through technology. The shocking thing is that more social media makes people feel less social and ultimately lonelier. All right, let's look at some ways to fight FOMO. First one and and the most important one, listen to Jesus. He alone has the words we need to listen to, the words of life. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Luke 9, 25, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. Second, instruct your heart. Preach to yourself. Don't listen to that thing, to the thing. Hebrews 13, 5. Thank you, Brenda. Keep your life free from love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. Philippians 4, 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Number three. Fast from feeding the thing. Shut down social media. Turn off the TV. Throw the magazine away. We need to starve our covetous appetite. Number four, engage in kingdom work. The thing focuses on what we don't have, but God wants us to look at the needs of others. A God-given antidote to covetousness is serving the saints and others around us. Eyes off ourselves and on to our neighbors. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 5. Change your focus to what is present in life instead of what is lacking. Six, keep a gratitude journal to make it more difficult to feel dissatisfied and inadequate. Seven, 
Keep a journal of fun memories and experiences instead of posting everything on social media. Eight, seek out real connections with people face-to-face or one-to-one to instill a sense of belonging and to reduce the feelings of missing out. Nine, learn to practice the presence of God. That way, you will be a list of blessing to others. You have a perfect place to do that. One of my favorite places, not only in Midland, but in Michigan, just down the road a piece. It was mentioned earlier today. Dow Gardens. What a beautiful place to just sit and take in nature and think about God. Number 10. Remember that God is good. 11. Remember that your steps are ordered by God. 12. Remember who you are in Christ. 13. Reflect on Bible promises to remember God's faithfulness. There is one final way that I just ran across a week and a half or two weeks ago to fight FOMO. Very good. They're staying with me on this. Look at this. It's called digital minimalism. Has anyone heard that term before? Okay. It has actually been given its own name, digital minimalism. The information I will share on it comes from a book available at Barnes & Noble. Digital minimalism, choosing a focused way in a noisy world by best-selling author Hal Newport, who is a computer science professor at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. He defines digital minimalism as, quote, a philosophy in which you focus your online time on a small number of carefully selected and optimized activities that strongly support things you value and then happily miss out on everything else. Did you catch the word happily in there? Digital minimalists who follow Newport's philosophy evaluate new technology from a cost-benefit analysis standpoint. If a new technology offers only a minor diversion or trivial convenience, the minimalist will ignore it. Further, the minimalist will ask if the new technology is the best way to use technology to support a value important to him. If the answer is no, the minimalist will seek out a better option or try to modify the technology. When Newport first started writing publicly about the fact that he had never used Facebook, people in his professional circles were aghast. Can't you you see it? How can you survive? 
You're a professor of computer science at Georgetown University. Come on, you know. His response to them was, why do I need to use Facebook? They would often respond to him by saying, I can't tell you exactly, but what if there's something useful to you in there that you're missing? To digital minimalists, that argument sounds absurd. In fact, they don't mind missing out on small things. What worries them much more is diminishing the large things they already know for sure make a good life good. Now, friends, there is one legitimate fear of missing out, or FOMO, that I think we have to consider. And that is the fear of unbelief or missing out eternally. In Jesus, the sting of missing out eternally is gone. This is one of the promises that drives needy, FOMO-plagued sinners to embrace the gospel of Jesus. In him is the promise of no loss eternally. All that has been lost will be found in him. FOMO is nothing to play with. It is real, and unbelief is frightening. Hebrews 4.1 tells us, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Unbelief is a FOMO worth leaving sleepover, but it's the only one that is. For those in Christ, eternity will make up for every other pinch and loss that you have ever suffered in this life. The biblical doctrine of heaven proves it. Heaven is the restoration of everything broken by sin in this life. Heaven is the reparation of everything you lost in this life. Heaven is the reimbursement of everything you missed out on in this life. Heaven is God's eternal response to all of the FOMOs in this life. Heaven will restore every missing out many times over and over again throughout all of eternity. As long as we have God, we miss out on nothing. So friends, let's let the fear of missing out on heaven drive us closer to God today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the world today, it's so easy to fall into the trap of feeling like we're missing out. Help us to remember that we can turn to your word, Lord, to find hope during times of discouragement. 
The Apostle Paul learned how to be content in every situation. In your words, through him, give comfort and peace to us today. Help us always choose contentment, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the open doors of opportunity we have right in front of us. When we feel like we're missing out on an opportunity, help us to realize that everything has a season. Help us also to see the joy in each season we traverse and to find rest in where you have us. Help us to see each season as a gift from you. We have so much to be grateful for. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of today. Lord, we admit to feeling left out when we see friends post on social media, when those images cause heartache and rejection to surface. Help us to refocus on you instead. Teach us to keep things in proper perspective and to remember social media is only a glimpse of a person's life. Comparison, envy, and jealousy are not of you and no place in our hearts. Thank you that our worth and value are found in you alone. We are who you say we are. Psalm seventy-three twenty-six declares, you are the strength of my heart. We need that strength to be content because your power is made perfect in our weakness. We confess that we can't do it on our own. Thank you for offering us the strength to help us do all things through your precious Son, Jesus. We do not lack anything because we have you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.